Good morning. Welcome to Stony Brook. It is a wondrous day to be able to gather together in spirit and truth and to worship our awesome Savior. We are glad that you have joined us uh, for worship both online and in person. I am Pastor Clara Kwan. I'm the associate pastor. I bring you greetings on behalf of the entire staff, including our preacher for the day, Pastor David Hoffman. And so as we begin our time together, we would like to know that you are worshiping with us. And so we invite you to check in Record your attendance. You can use the connection card that's in your bulletin. You can also, if you're online, check in through our online connection card. And there you will be able to uh, write down any prayer requests that you have so that we can pray for you. You can also use the back of the connection card to sign up for any upcoming events or ministry opportunities. And speaking of, the first one I'd like to share with you is Meals with the Pastor. Pastor David and I have set aside uh, different times during lunch and dinner, um, maybe even breakfast, uh, to create a space to listen to you all. Uh, we are calling it Food, Fellowship, and Feedback. Um, we've prepared various menus such as pizza, pasta, pot stickers, and pancakes, not all at the same time. But we do invite you to come. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, your story and what you have uh, envisioned for Stony Brook's future. And so space is limited for each of those dates. Uh, so please sign up uh, as soon as possible. You can sign up on the back of the connection card. You can also sign up online and as well as you can call the church office to sign up. A new school year is around the corner and that means new beginnings for Bridge and for Stony Brook youth. Bridge and Stony Brook Youth students meet for Sunday school at 9.30, and that is beginning next week. Bridge students will meet in room 120, and youth will meet in room 102. They also gather together for games, worship, and small group time at 4 p.m. on Sundays. And so there's an, a meeting for parents new to youth group programming. Uh, that is August 9th at 7 p.m. And so for any questions or for more information, you may contact Jason, Jason Sheldon. And now... It is time to sing. It is time to ring. And so we encourage you to mark your calendars for the Stony Brook Traditional Music New Season Kickoff Dinner. That is Saturday, August 20th. Current and new members and their families are invited to that. Uh, we're catering city barbecue for that. Um, and uh, we are always looking for new members. And don't forget about the sign-on bonus for tenors. The last day to sign up for the dinner is August 14th, and then first rehearsals begin August 24th. You can find these and many more announcements about the life and ministry of Stony Brook in, more, in this morning's bulletin, as well as online. And now let us prepare our hearts and minds and enter into a posture of worship with this inspirational prelude.
I invite you to stand as you are able and with one spirit join in the call to worship. Get ready, the Lord needs you. We are ready to serve God. Be prepared to serve in ministries of justice and peace. We are ready to serve God by Open your hearts, souls, and minds to God's mercy and love. And please remain standing as we continue to worship our opening hymn. After our opening hymn, we'll proceed into the blessing of backpacks. So as we sing, as we begin to sing the last stanza of the hymn, we invite everyone uh, to re with backpacks and devices uh, to be blessed to come up at that time. Let us sing.
invite um, all of the students, staff, administrators forward. I had to shame some folks in the 8 o'clock service to come forward because I know <laughs> that you are in school or you're teaching uh, school, so we invite you forward to be blessed as you set out uh, to go to school. Um, Pastor Clara and I join you. Uh, both of us have gone back uh, to school. Uh, both of us have started a doctorate program, so we are both, um, we both know how it is uh, to be studying and to reading. So, friends, I invite us uh, to join together. Um, let us pray. Oh God, we celebrate the beginning of this school year and ask for your blessings upon the students, educators, administrators, staff, and their families who support them. Open our hearts today as we pray over the preparations for another school year. We thank you for this new school year and all of the excitement and the learning it will bring. Bless these backpacks and the students that will use them. We ask that they be guided by your love in the classroom and at home. You, O oh Lord, came as a child to show us how to be fully human and to show us how to be children of God. You have given all of us minds that grow and develop in unique ways and with unique needs and abilities. We are astounded by that miracle. You speak to us through words and actions, play and feelings. You call us to listen to the Spirit speaking through them. As we re-enter our daycares, preschools, elementary, middle, high schools, home schools, vocational schools, universities, and other places of learning, help us to love, be gentle, kind, peaceful, good, patient, joyful, generous, and to have self-control. Jesus taught us saying, you are the salt of the earth. Help us to be salt flavoring our classrooms, schools, and communities with the love of Christ, transforming the world around us. Jesus taught us saying, you are the light of the world. As God's people, help us to let your light shine before others so that our fellow students and coworkers may see Jesus working in our lives and glorifying you. Let us show appreciation for the work that they will be about teaching and learning this year. God be with all of you. Good luck. Let us pray. O God of peace and gentleness, you speak not in the mighty thunder or in the flashes of lightning. You do not speak in the fires or the rumbling earthquakes. Rather, you speak in the silence with a whisper. As we head back to school, as we head back to work, back to the hustle and bustle of simply trying to survive each day, we come before you this morning to sit still 
And we pray that you open our ears that we might hear you speak. Speak, for we earnestly wait to hear your voice. Speak as we wait for a miracle, as we sit beside loved ones suffering from illness, from disease of body and mind. Speak as we wait for your healing hand to restore your people to their whole and fullest selves. For you are the one with authority over life and death, and you are the one who knows our minds and bodies best, for you created it. You saw us before we were conceived. You know the number of hairs on our head, so speak. Whisper your great care and compassion into our hearts and tell us that we are not alone. Remind us that you work for good of those whom you love and you love us so very much. Speak even when we turn away and rebel. Speak when we stumble and fail. Speak gently to us for your kindness leads us to repentance and it is your faithfulness that redeems us. Teach us to speak with the same kind of grace, the same kind of mercy, and the same kind of generosity as you have shown us through Jesus, our Savior. Discipline us that we might be genuine followers of Jesus, known by our words and our actions, known because we love as Jesus loved. Speak and remind us that you are the creator, source of all that we see around us, the one who controls the rain and the sun, the one who knows when the flowers bloom, when the leaves will change, remind us that you hold all things in your hand. You are who you are, and so we can cast away all cares and worries and lean on you. We can place our trust, our lives on you, no matter what may come. No matter how the world likes to fuss and create new anxieties, no matter that the world will make fun of us for believing, for entrusting, for investing in some invisible God, but we know. For you have revealed yourself to us through the Holy Spirit. You speak and proclaim that you are the one and only Elohim, almighty God. You are bigger than anything in this world and that you are for us, not against us. So speak. Speak through your servant, Pastor David. Surround him and protect him with your spirit. May each word that he shares with us be a word from you, a word that reminds us that our time here on earth is for a purpose, and that purpose is love. Speak so that we might be sent out into the world, courageously sharing the love from Jesus everywhere we go. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Today. What, a, what a prayer for each one of us. Today's gospel lesson comes to us from the 12th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, verses 32 through 40. I invite us to hear these words. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those Slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat 
and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Friends, this is the word of God for all God's children. Thanks be to God. Let us respond in song together. Would you pray with me? Let us pray. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this day. Amen. A passenger in an Uber leaned over to ask the, uh, the driver a question and gently tapped him on the shoulder to get his attention. The driver lost control of the car, nearly hit a bus, drove up over the curb, and stopped just inches from a large plate glass window. For a few moments, everything was silent in the car. Then the shaking Uber driver said, are you okay? I'm so sorry, but you scared the daylights out of me. The badly shaken passenger apologized to the driver and said, I didn't realize that a mere tap on the shoulder would startle someone so badly. The driver replied, no, no, I'm the one who is sorry. It's entirely my fault. Today is my first day as an Uber driver. I've been driving a hearse for 25 years. <laughs> Thank you. 
there is a connection to the sermon, I promise. <laughs> In the face of fear, Jesus' words, do not be afraid, little flock, can sound to us like a tall order. If I were to ask the question this morning, what do we fear the most, or, or what scares the daylights out of us, or what keeps us up at night, I don't think that it would take very long for us to come up with a response. Climate change, COVID, racial divides, instability in governments all over the world, inflation, recession, gun violence, and senseless killings, not to mention all of those fear-filled things that can play havoc and cause anxiety in our own personal lives. Diseases and new diagnoses, aging and changing physical abilities, kids heading off to school and others making life decisions and trans trans transitions, bills and trying to make ends meet, crumbling relationships that are strained and fraying. Have I named your current fears? There's lots to fear in this world. And our situations are made worse because many people are eager to play upon our fears. One of my favorite seminary professors, Reverend Robert Tannehill, says this, a simple command cannot stop people from worrying about their basic needs. Then, as now, the consciousness of many people is so dominated by worry and their actions so dominated by anxious striving that these concerns define reality for them. They cannot imagine any other way to live. Change requires a, a basic challenge to one's sense of reality that awakens the imagination to view the world differently. Jesus tried his best to help his disciples to see the world differently. He tried his best to speak to the disciples and the crowd's fears, but, but he could probably have ended the encounter right there. But he doesn't. Next come the command, sell your possessions, give alms, store your treasure in heaven, be dressed for action. And if we're going to be perfectly honest, understanding precisely what each of these means for our own lives, they too can be overwhelming, almost to the point of wanting to ignore this passage altogether. One pastor says, I just, I wonder, I wonder how often our folks hear a passage like this, get ready either to feel guilty or confused and then wonder why exactly they got up to go to church. <laughs> we don't always like to be told what to do, maybe not even at all. We often cringe and immediately become defensive. So when we hear these directives of Jesus contained in this morning's text, we usually discount them as if they don't apply to us. Do not be afraid. Sell your possessions, you must be ready. They feel more like pious religious catchphrases than, than commands that any one of us who consider ourselves rational would consider. Except there is 
this one phrase in this passage, this, this one phrase that is easily overlooked that changes everything for us. It's hidden right there among the commands that we would rather ignore. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Did, did you catch that? God doesn't just want us to give, to give us some things. God doesn't only hope that we do all right. God isn't sitting around watching us to make sure that we don't screw up. Nor is he waiting for us to earn God's favor. Instead, God wants to give us the kingdom. In fact, Jesus says it is God's good pleasure. Now, in the light of the promise that God wants to give us all good things, we can allow ourselves to hear some of those commands differently. It's one thing for someone to demand something of us. It's entirely another when, when that person seeks out only what is best for us, such as a teacher or a coach who wants us to do our very best. You see, intention and attitude, disposition, expectations, and, and relationship do make a difference. God does not. God does not want us to be overwhelmed or weighed down with worry, nor consumed by greed or the love of things that do not bring us life. Instead, God wants us to have and joy and share an abundant life. Life that comes from authentic community and right relationship with God and with each other. And as for being on, on the lookout for the coming of the kingdom, Jesus doesn't want us to miss out when God comes in ways that might surprise us. In, in generosity, instead of accumulation, in community, instead of looking out only for ourselves, in vulnerability and relationship rather than in strength. It's easy to miss God, the God who comes to us in love and grace when, when all we expect is law and punishment. Friends, we never know. We need to always be ready. We are to be alert for the coming of Christ at all times and, and at all places, not in some fearful God is going to get us sort of way, but expectantly. Jesus is forever coming unexpectedly into our daily lives, and we need to be alert, sharp, and ready, and prepared to see and receive him and be welcomed by him as we welcome him. I believe the presence of God, the presence of Christ is forever dropping in on us and intersecting with our lives. A telephone call, a chance encounter with a friend, a conversation with a parent, a child, a grandchild, or a friend. There are thousands of ways each and every day that God unexpectedly comes near to us. We need to be alert for his coming, 
his unexpected coming with eyes wide open, being sensitive to his presence and in and around our lives so we don't miss those encounters. A pastor in our conference shared the following on on Facebook. He writes, I went to the hospital to see a friend's newborn baby. And as I entered the elevator, a guy came in at the same time through the back of the elevator door. This pastor writes, confession, this guy was pretty big, kind of scruffy and a lot of tattoos. Pastor thought to himself, was he in the hospital visiting a fellow gang member with a gunshot wound? No, he says, I can't believe my mind went there. But he says, honestly, he was someone I might be very intimidated by if circumstances were less public. And as we got into the elevator, he turned to me, the pastor writes, and asked, what floor? Pastor said, two, please. And he said, oh, labor and delivery. Are you here to see a grandchild? (laughs) Humph, the pastor writes. Then I realized again, I'm certainly old enough to have a grandchild. And he forgave him. Pastor said, no, no grandchildren. Just going to see some friends who had a baby. And you? The pastor writes, the strangest thing happened. The big, burly, tattooed guy welled up with pride, a literal, literal tear in his eye, and he said to me proudly, I'm a dad, my wife and I just had a little girl. And then he broke out his phone to show me pictures. He was beaming. The pride on his face was palpable. The joy in his voice was unquenchable and contagious. His voice was trembling. He scrolled through a couple of pictures saying, isn't she beautiful? And my wife is amazing. And after a brief moment, in a random encounter in a hospital elevator, he writes, I realized I was standing on holy ground. I said, congratulations. We said goodbye. Moments later, I walked into my friend's room, surrounded by family. Their their newborn son was was lovingly held by one of them like the precious gift that he is. People were laughing and talking. I stayed only for a few minutes, but as I was walking back to the elevator, I realized that, yes, life is hard. There, There is a lot of pain at times. We have a lot to fear He writes, there are moments, there really are moments of beauty that occasionally jump up, jump out and surprise us. And he says, I want to look for more of those this week. I want to be more aware of those in my life. He says, I tend to be cynical, but cynicism lacks courage. It takes real strength to stand in awe and wonder and in the beauty that surrounds us. The pastor concludes, I want to be more like that guy in the elevator. Friends, we, each one of us, you and I, are always to be ready for Christ's coming, his second coming, his third coming, his persistent coming, his relentless coming into our lives. The miracle of God's presence is forever coming to us, and we need to be alert and sharp and ready for Christ's inbreaking into our lives. 
But there's one more, another lesson that Jesus teaches us through this parable. At the heart of this parable is the awareness that the, that the bridegroom will serve his servants who have this expectant attitude, who are willing, who have willing and working hearts and minds. Jesus wants us to know that we never serve alone and that he will give us the strength and energy and resources if we are willing and eager to serve. And yet even when we recognize that God's gracious motivation changes the way that we hear these commands, we have to admit that they're still hard to keep. <laughs> and maybe it's because so much of the rest of our lives are, are filled by demands, both great and small, like the demand to accumulate more, to accumulate more and more in exchange for a false sense of security and comfort, or the need to prove our worth day in and day out, or the demand to worry about innumerable things because we haven't convinced ourselves that we are always, we have, we have convinced ourselves that we are always at risk. In this kind of climate, we sometimes have to admit that it's hard, it's hard to trust God's promises and give our worries over to live more fully and generously. But friends, that phrase, that phrase keeps coming back. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Except it's not, it's not just a phrase. It's a promise. And one incredibly mind-boggling one at that. God wants to give us the kingdom. It is a gift that, that fear and anxiety cannot overcome and cannot take away. God has included us, you and I, in God's plans. And that, my friends, keeps us striving. It keeps us striving to follow. May it be so. Amen. There are many moments in which Christ breaks into our lives and offers us exactly what we need. There are also moments when Christ wants to send us to be exactly what someone else may need, and that is exactly what our benevolence offering is about. Stony Brook Church provides ongoing emergency financial resources to those in needs, and so your offering specifically for the benevolence um, is used towards that. The benevolence offerings, we have set aside separate baskets. They're at the uh, entrance to the sanctuary here. You can also mark it on the memo line of your check. You can also designate that if you give online at stonybrook.church slash give. And speaking of, we have something special to share with you all this morning. Over today and over the next few weeks, we'll be sharing a brief video about the endowments we have here at Stony Brook. The endowments uh, fund various ministries throughout, um, throughout Stony Brook and will continue to um, in, in ways that will enrich this community um, and to change the world. And so I invite you all to take a moment and let us hear what Pat and Regina Giles have 
to share with us. When we moved to Gehanna, we visited Stony Brook because it was the closest United Methodist Church. Stony Brook soon became our church home. Through various activities and groups, we have developed many dear friends over the years. We value Stony Brook for its role in our community and in our lives. My primary activity at Stony Brook has had to do with church finance. Most recently, I served on the endowment committee. And I loved my time in chancel choir and bell choir. Currently, I am active in UMW and in our small group. We've given to the church for more than 50 years. The vast majority of that money has gone to support current ministries. And through apportionments, the ministries of the United Methodist Church around the country and around the world. The endowment fund gives us the opportunity to support the future of Stony Brook and to support ministries that may not even exist yet. People who give to the endowment are kind of like Johnny Appleseed, who traveled throughout this territory sowing apple trees, not so that he could enjoy their fruit, but for the benefit of the settlers that came after him. Endowment giving is another way to show that you love God, love others, and serve the world. Thank you so much. We will continue to share more information about the endowments and how to give into that in the, next up, in the upcoming weeks. And now our offering is a sign of our thanksgiving for all that God has blessed us with. Our offering is also a sign of trust that God will continue to provide us with all that we may need. I invite the ushers to wait upon us as we give, give our gifts and tithes this day.
grace. We bring our offerings this day and ask that they may be dedicated to strengthening your church for the making of disciples for Jesus Christ. May your, known be, may your name be known as the God of love, the God of mercy, and the God of justice. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. invites to this table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us bow our heads for a few moments in silence. good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory, Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all of the company of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 holy Lord, Lord, God, God of power and might, heaven, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. He taught that your kingdom might come at any moment, so we must be alert at all times. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died, Christ, Christ is, is risen, 
Christ will come again. Pour your out your Holy Spirit, O God, on each one of us gathered here and upon the families that we represent. And pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us a body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. For by faith, marvelous things happen through grace. By your Holy Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all your world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at that heavenly banquet together. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, we are bold to join our hearts and voices together, praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the the glory glory forever. forever. Amen. Friends, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread in which we break and share is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks and share is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Friends, these are God's gifts open to us, whether you're joining us here in person or joining us online. As United Methodists, we celebrate an open table, meaning you're invited to share in this holy sacrament, whether or not you're a member of this or of any congregation. The table is open to all. Gluten-free elements and prepackaged elements are available for those who need them. As you come forward, you'll be offered hand sanitizer and then given a piece of cut bread and invited to take a cup of juice. I invite those who are serving uh, to come forward at this time. I invite the ushers to wait upon us. break bread together on our knees. Let us break bread together on our knees. When I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Let us drink wine together on our knees, on our knees. Let us drink wine together on our knees, on our knees. When I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun,
morning sun. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you've given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the living of our days in the strength of your spirit. Amen. I invite you, if you're able, to stand and sing together our closing hymn.
reminder that next week we'll be welcoming uh, Gaston and Jean Natambo, uh, missionaries from the General Board of, of Global Ministries. Um, great friends of mine. We've served together. Many of you uh, know them as uh, the missionaries who make Wings of the Morning possible in the North Katanga Conference of the Congo. So looking forward to welcoming, welcoming them next week. Friends, let's go forth in the love of God, which ceases, never ceases to reach out to us, um, which ceases all fear and anxiety that, that, that overcomes us, that God's, God's grace and God's love goes with us. As we enter um, the school year, know that God is there with us. Let's go forth in God's care. Amen.